Because of the all-in moves they made this year, the Chargers have put themselves in a dire cap situation in 2024, and it begs the question, which of their stars will still be around next season? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Well, Daniel, we got to get into our Chargers mailbag. And of course, the fans brought it like they always do. And so the first thing is getting into the contracts that the Chargers restructured before this season started. And now that this season has turned out the way it has, we have to come to grips with the fact that some of these guys that they restructured are not going to be back with the team in 2024. And then we got to talk about the percentage chances of Brandon Staley getting fired and also Tom Telesco. Yeah, because I think Brandon Steely at this point feels like a very obvious guy because of you know what the expectations were. But Tom Telesco might be a different story. But this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the lowercase code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. So it is our Chargers mailbag day, and we did have a great question from just Sue Light or just So Light. I'm not sure on that one, but he's asking which big money guys will be waived or traded to cut costs in 2024. So per over the cap, the chargers are currently $27.4 million over the cap next year. A lot of that is because they don't have JC Jackson on the books, but also they keep a lot of the day cap from his trade. That'll be pretty much all paid off next season. But when you're looking at it, David, we always knew we talked about it before. This was kind of the last run for this core of guys. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at the big contracts, the chargers have, Joey Bosa, $36 million. Khalil Mack, $38 million. Mike Williams, $32.4 million. Keenan Allen, $34 million. But they can't lose all those guys, right? And, right? and I think it's just, do you have to cut two of those big four? Because there's other cap hits that like, and guys, like if you're talking about who is most likely to be waived or traded, like yeah. Sebastian Joseph Day, right? Yeah. Save $7.5 million. Yeah. Eric Kendricks, you save six and a half million, right? Maybe Dayon yeah. Hanley can come into that role, Nick Neiman, whoever, right? Corey Lindsley saves yeah, another nine million. Yeah, what's going million. on with that? Yeah, he could retire. We don't know right. at this point, right? But those ones are kind of the littler ones, I think, that can make things work. Yeah, but do you think those are probably the most likely guys we see traded or traded cut? I mean, yeah, I, either way, I think those are definitely guys that are going to be on the chopping block no matter what. I mean, they're going to have to to clear some costs, and I'm sure with a, a new, probably a new head coach and maybe even a new general manager coming in. That's the in, thing is who's making these decisions, right? right? Exactly. Like someone so, who's probably not affiliated with these guys like Brandon Staley is. Right. So, you know, those, you know, those new front office people are going to want to bring in their own guys more than likely, and I mean, they're coming into a pretty unhealthy situation, so they're going to have to move some things around, but... The fact of the matter is this, one of Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or probably a couple of those guys are going to have to be part of that cap solution for 2024. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, you won't be able to bring back all the four of those guys, period. No. 
for the most part, we've been under the assumption that two of the four of the big four are going to go, right? Yeah. The problem is, is like, at this point, if you're talking about who's most likely to go out of those four, it feels like it has to be Mike Williams and Joey Bosa to a certain extent because Keenan Allen and Khalil Mack, how could they not be back in 2024 with the way they've played so far? That's exactly right. I mean, Keenan Allen's having a renaissance year. I mean, <laughs> I've seen some posts out there that said Keenan Allen is the Chargers offense. And I mean, it's not really far from incorrect. He's got over 1,100 yards receiving already through you know 11 games this year, has seven touchdowns, which is one away from his career high. And he has the most catches in the NFL. So Keenan Allen's been going absolutely crazy. And then, of course, on the other side, Khalil Mack has been playing like an all-pro. I mean, he's he's been playing like a man yeah. possessed. I mean, pretty much just no matter how how you look at it, whatever you you know have asked him to do, you look at him as a run stopper. He's been incredibly effective, and obviously, he's one of the top sack artists in the NFL with 13 sacks this year. So that's crazy. I mean, Khalil Mack's been. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, it looks like those uh, veteran rest days have really been helping him out. But uh, I mean, he's in for one of the best years of his career in one of the last years uh, of his career, probably on, on the waning side. But obviously he has proven now that he's been incredibly effective and I think probably still has a couple more years of effectiveness in the tank. And really all you need is one more year, but yeah. you're going to be paying a 33 year old, 33 year old, about $38 million, right? And that and that's tough always. But it is. I, I think the hard thing about Joey Bosa is it's harder to cut him next year because he still has another year. He's under contract through 2025. Like guys like yeah. Derwin James, like he's virtually uncuttable. Like yeah, there's there's nothing you can do about it. And we'll talk about his regressions later on and, and how yeah. much he struggled. But those guys had to be back. Leo Mack is going to get close to 20 sacks potentially this year. <laughs> Keenan it's Allen's crazy. on pace to put up a 1,700-yard season. There were two guys that did that last year, Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. So, like, Ooh. I don't know how those guys couldn't be back next year. You know, Pro Bowl level, borderline oh, yeah. all-pro level. Both guys clearly at elite this season, clearly top no 10 at their positions this season. So, if you're trying to do the cap gymnastics about how you get under it, it's not just about clearing the $27.4 million. That's the hard right. thing here, right? Because you need to get at least, you know, seven or eight million under just four draft picks and, and you know without adding right. anyone and obviously yeah and you're gonna have moves. some big holes to fill because not mentioned in this or the fact that you know Austin Eckler won't be back next year more than likely Gerald Everett's not under contract next season yeah Michael Davis is not under contract next season right for better or for worse but yeah. how do you get there so if you're trying to keep three of those four this is how you would get there potentially if you lose Mike Williams Corey Lindsley, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Eric Kendricks, you could clear $43 million in cap space right there. So that puts you about $16 million under the cap, and you can keep three of those four guys. You keep the pass rush together, right? You lose Mike Williams, which, which hurts because we've seen how important he is this season. But yeah. you still have Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer under contract next season. So you feel okay about that. Yeah. If you add Joey Bosa to that, you would clear close to $57 million, right, which puts you about $30 million under the cap. There's also other ways the Chargers could, you know, use a post-June 1st cut designation on Joey Bosa, which basically changed it from a $14 million savings to a $22 million savings. Teams are usually reluctant to do that for whatever reason. So just yeah. the brass tax of it, $57 million, you're clearing $30 million in salary cap space. That puts you in a good spot, but also some major, major guys 
to have to fill their shoes, right? Like that that's yeah. a lot of and open spots. a ton spots. of dead money too. You're going to have to take on a ton of dead money. Yeah, you're taking on a ton ton of dead money, but that's almost going to come with it, right? Like yeah. that's that's inevitable. And, and yeah. it really clears you up for 2025 too where you can kind of hit a reset in 2025. Right, cuz you always know the cap's going to keep going up as well, so. I mean, and I think Keenan Allen's more likely to get extended this offseason. I agree. than he is to get cut and that opens up potentially a few more million dollars whatever. Let's yeah. get to this real quick here, David. Quickly, Colby Talbert asks, if you can only keep one of Mike Williams or Joey Bosa, who are you keeping? Yeah, I mean, I think for me it has to do with the like the level of drop-off behind the those two players, you know, that are on the football field. And I think, you know, you've seen Mike Williams go out and you've at least seen, you know, some admirable play from Josh Palmer. Uh, but also it's it's been a, a pretty big drop-off without him. So, with, with Joey Bosa and Thule, I think it's been a little bit closer as far as the drop-off hasn't been as far. Joey Bosa's played sure. nine games, 20 tackles, 24 pressures, six and a half sacks, six tackles for loss. Thule, 11 games, 35 tackles, 37 pressures, four sacks, eight tackles for loss. So, I mean, Thule has done a very admirable job filling in for Joey Bosa. Hasn't had, a few, hasn't had sacks in a few days, but still getting after the quarterback. Um, you know, providing some pressure and, you know, doing a pretty good job of stopping the run as well. So I think if you had to make me pick, it would probably be, you know, um, keeping Mike Williams and letting go of Joey Bosa in that situation. I mean, I get what you're saying about Josh Palmer, but like, yeah, I mean, Josh Palmer has had kind of a breakout season in his own right, but it, I think it's more about the drop off from Josh Palmer to Quentin Johnston in this yes. case, right? Which is much bigger gap than I think between Bosa right now and Thule. Thule is a young player, should get better, but... I mean, I would go Mike Williams. I, I think I would. I'd rather keep Joey Bosa if if that's going to be what the decision is. Even though I don't know if it's going to be that cut and dry, but I think Bosa and Elite Edge. You can get all three of those guys in the field at the same time. Feels like you're going to have to address wide receiver again in 2024. Yeah, you would feel less likely to have to fill an edge rusher if you kept Joey Bosa. But we have more to get into, including who is going to be making those decisions and the percentage chances the Chargers actually clean house, let everyone go this offseason, coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about one of my favorite things, especially for football season, that is DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. And the best thing about DoorDash is, is hey, listen, you can't watch seven hours of uninterrupted football on Sunday if you have to run into the store because you forgot your favorite dip or you don't have the best kind of chips for your dip, go with DoorDash. Be able to get it right to your door. Groceries, your favorite local restaurants, or wherever you're looking for, you can always get with DoorDash. It's so convenient, and it's perfect for football Sundays because you don't ever have to leave your house. We've talked about some of the local favorites up near SoFi Stadium, up in L.A., like you can get a maple bacon bar from Randy's Donuts, right? You can get some Sunday gravy or little pan delivered right to your house. And since you listen to this show, you can save some money. You get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply, but that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. I also need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is the only daily fantasy sports site that I use because it's daily fantasy sports made easy. With Prize Picks, it's this simple. You just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more you can hit and win. And if you hit on all six, you can win up to 25 times your money. And what the great thing about Prize Picks is, is all the promotions they always have going on. My favorite is always 
Taco Tuesday because you're trying to beat those projections, right? On Taco Tuesdays, you can get a 25% discount on select player projections to provide you even more value and make it even more likely for you to win. And PrizePix also has their reboot policy for your entries. Even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and the college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Go to pricepeaks.com slash NFL and use the code LOCKDOWNNFL and you will even get a deposit match up to $100. That's pricepeaks.com slash NFL. Promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for that deposit match up to $100. Pricepeaks, daily fantasy sports made easy. David, we have more of our Chargers mailbag. Thank you guys, everyone who hit us up at LOCKDOWNLAC on Twitter. Anyone who hit us up on the voicemail line at 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four, and we have a tier calling in with some heat in segment three today. I'm excited to get into, but I do want to talk about you know something that a lot of people are talking about, especially in Chargers spheres right now, right? Especially on social media. And this one's from Nuthouse on Twitter who asked, "Give me the percentage chance that the Chargers actually make changes and get rid of Tommy and Brandon, Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley. Tom has had a decade to make the team better. He hasn't. Enough is enough. It's time for change." David, when you're thinking about those two guys and you're trying to put a percentage on it, where would you go there? Yeah, so starting with the head coach, I think my, I'm putting my percentage right now at 90%. I think it's a pretty pretty strong uh, chance that that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think there's very much at this point in time that could possibly happen to keep Brandon Staley's job. So I think the hesitancy with that one, I have it at 90 95% too, yeah. is just Mike McCoy got four years. Right. Anthony Lynn got four years. He's under contract through next season, we know, yep. right? And Chargers don't like to lose on our money, but <laughs> by results, it feels like they have to. Yeah, it, it and does. They will. It, it, yeah, I mean, it really does. And, and you know, we've seen some reports out there that say, you know, they, something miraculous has to happen in order for him to keep his job. I think um, we're probably on that same wavelength. With, with Tom Telesco, it's a little bit more difficult of a situation, and I think the reason why it's more difficult is, is because of Justin Herbert. You know, they he, he drafted Justin Herbert. He was able to re-sign Justin Herbert. And, you know, look how many teams around the league that have, are, have searched years and years and years and cycled through so many different players to try to find their franchise quarterback. So having a general manager that was able to secure one, I think lowers the chances a little bit, but I still have it at 75%. I still okay, feel like, that's very high. Still, yeah, still feel pretty strongly that it could it could happen. It should happen. Uh, I agree with you completely. I mean, it has been over a decade. There's been a very minimal success both in the draft and just winning games, winning yeah. championships, winning AFC Wests. It's been zero or very few and far between. So, yeah, there's zero. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with 75% uh, on Tom Telesco. We know the Chargers' ownership loves Telesco, right? I mean... John Spanos, who's the owner's son, who's the president of football operations, for better or for worse, right? Because it's not a legitimate, you know, football hire. That's a a family hire, obviously. We know they're close. We know the Chargers love him. And he, you know, brought in Justin Herbert, which is awesome, who kind of fell to him, right? Let's be honest, a little bit. But they still pulled the trigger on it. And Justin Herbert was far from a, you know, surefire traffic at that point. The problem is, is for me, can you afford with Justin Herbert to keep Tom Telesco as your general manager? That would be my question, right? Because we're talking yeah. about three playoff appearances in 11 seasons, two wins in the playoffs, zero wins in the AFC West as far as division titles, back-to-back first-round picks not playing well. And we talked yesterday just about the lack of talent on this roster and how much contributions you are getting from the draft picks over the last couple of years and the guys who are contributing and starting 
how good are they right yeah and we're not here to make you know all the judgments on all the draft picks right now and there's certain guys who could get a lot better and we've seen certain guys go into year three and year four and be a lot better but yeah i have it at 65 percent for tom to wesco okay. uh, more than half uh, i just that that would be my question you we're, know yeah I, we're I, in the same ballpark i think you should clean house like yeah. I, I think you have to make sure you get it right too and i just feel like with tom to even with the big hits there's some big misses too and some of these big contracts you got justin herbert signed but Derwin James' contract doesn't look as good right now. Joey Bosa's contract doesn't look yeah, as well, good. Yeah, well, right yeah, this is just—it's like a boomer bust hit, hitter in in baseball, Dan. It's you yeah, know, the guy hitting the home runs or he's striking out. There's not enough singles and doubles to be able to sustain your you know organization. You know, I think that's really just what it's been for for Tom Telesco. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's Queen House. Let's get to yeah, this next I'm, question from I'm McKinley Pierce here, who's asking: Is it safe to say that Derwin James has regressed this year, David? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when you look at the numbers, uh, I guess against the pass, he's definitely regressed uh, uh, a little bit. You know, his passer rating uh, again allowed in 2022 was 67.2%. Reception percentage was only at 61.4%. In 2023, the passer rating allowed is 91.7, and the reception percentage allowed is 77.4%. He has uh, done better at, uh, you know, not missing tackles. He is at uh, 7.7% this year as opposed to 11.7%, of course, across the entire season last year. But I think for me, Daniel, one of the things that it's been kind of noticeable is just, you know, the big splash plays. He's only got yeah. one interception and he doesn't have any sacks at all this year. And and I think, you know, with a, a guy that we know is as uber talented as Derwin James is, it's definitely a, a little bit off to not see him kind of stuff the stat sheet like he has done when he has hel- been healthy uh, throughout his career. Yeah, I mean, he's never had a season, you know, that he's played most of the games that he's had less than two sacks. So to see him right. here at zero sacks, I think that is the part of his game that's been hurt the most. He is getting used as a pass rusher even more than we've seen him in years past. But the production's not there. Two pressures on 28 pass rushing snaps. So it doesn't feel like a lot. No. But I think, it, you know, there is obviously the buck is out on him as far as that goes. The other part I wonder about is how much are the fines and the penalties from the big hits making him potentially just, you know, hesitate yeah. that split second that you can't have in the NFL, especially you can't have when you're an instinctual player like Derwin right. James, who has to click and close and get downhill right. and make these decisions at a rapid pace at a rapid pace. And also a guy that plays such a violent physical style of football he's been great as a run defender he's been one of the main reasons the Chargers run defense has been so so much better in 2023 the last game withstanding right like yeah even with those couple of bad games they've had they've been so much better against the run so far this season he's a big part of that tackling very well he could just be having a bad year we're talking about a guy that was a 2022 all pro right like a second team all pro last year that's not a long time ago right he's going to be 28 going into next year not there's not a reason there i guess so I, this is the part that concerns me and why i hesitate before i you know say what i'm about to say is like there's every reason to think that he could come back back come bounce back and be that player we've seen before is he yeah. gonna play after that contract maybe not but like can he still be a top you know 10 safety in the week absolutely i think he can yeah this is the only reason i hesitate all the injuries and how much because his game is a very athletic game right so i just wonder how much the injuries are taking a toll on him even as a 27 year old right he's torn his meniscus twice and had to get surgery on it 
He had to get surgery on his foot for a stress fracture a couple of years ago. He had a shoulder surgery a couple of years ago as well. How much is that stuff taking a toll on him right now, right? Yeah. And how much will it be going forward? Has that expedited the aging process in the NFL, right? In NFL years, obviously a very young man. I hope he can bounce back. I don't think the scheme is doing him many favors as far as the coverage, but the pass rush ability concerns me a little bit. And just the amount of injuries, man. Like you have an untradeable contract, an uncuttable player kind of. You need him as you know, the leader of your defense to bounce back and play much better. And I think he will. Like, And I think you've seen some good games, and I think he's kind of steadied a little bit as far as this season goes. But you're not paying him to be a, an average player and even a, an above-average player. You're paying him to be a great player. And I think that's the question. of Can he get back to that? Has he regressed this year? Yeah. I mean, the, he hasn't been what he has been. Can he get back to that level or close to it? I think he definitely can. So, we have more to get into, including a tier who has some heat for the Chargers for even hiring Brandon Staley back in 2021 when they did, because he thinks it should have been Kellen Moore's job, and he thinks it will be Kellen Moore's job in 2024. So we're going to get into that, and if there's any chance the Chargers bring back Austin Eckler in 2024. So we're getting into that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about LinkedIn Jobs, because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And the biggest thing about LinkedIn Jobs is just how easy it is for you to get that job post out there. It's super easy to do, and my wife is a recruiter, and I wish she talked about me sometimes the way she talks about LinkedIn Jobs, but the biggest thing that she talks about is just getting a quality candidate like anyone can get somebody to apply for a job right but it's getting the right fit and I think especially at the end of the year that's what it's about finding the person that's going to come in and be a benefit right it's like a free agent signing you don't want to sign a JC Jackson right you want to sign someone or trade for a guy like Quill Mack who's going to be there consistent and always be good for you so I think one thing that sets them apart is just the simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience. And you can get it too. LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free now. Terms and conditions apply. We have more Chargers mailbag to get into here. But David, we do have to clear the runway for our friend Atir, who is always calling in with some heat. We love him for it, right? But I do want to tell you guys about something that's really cool that you should check out because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts that only Lockdown can provide. So make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today and follow them and subscribe on YouTube for the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. David, let's hear what a tear has for us. He thinks he has it figured out for 2024. Dan, David, this is a tear. I love you, my boys. This is what I wanted to say. Kellen Moore was destined to be the Chargers head coach three years ago, not Brandon Staley. They know they made a mistake, and I believe Kellen Moore will be the Chargers head coach. I believe the Chargers will go 12-5 and five and win a playoff game with Kellen Moore. He was destined to be paired with Justin Herbert. I'm calling my shot right now. And I believe that's what's going to happen. Love you. Bye. I love you. Uh, this is something that we've talked about all season, right? Just the, the possibility that Kellen Moore should be the head coach. 
in 2024 if he could take over for a fired brain and Staley or what have you uh, I think we just talked about it. if you're cleaning house like Kellen Moore's probably not in the picture right I, I think you know could he go be the head coach at Boise State his alma mater that's a possibility too yeah. will he will he want to stick around to be the offensive coordinator under another head coach after seemingly getting passed on on another head coaching vacancy right that he maybe feels that he is entitled to get an you know interview for at the very least sure uh, I think the other thing is David is just in 2021 when Brandon Steele was hired, like Helen Moore had only been an offensive coordinator for two years, and their Cowboys were coming off of a season where you know Dak played five games and they had like the 18th best scoring offense right. in the league. So like it wouldn't have made it didn't make as much sense. Yeah, then, he didn't but, have the resume at that moment in time. No, but yeah. I mean, do you think it's crazy that Kellen Moore could be head coach in 2024? I think that's what kind of this boils down to. Do I think it's crazy? I mean, no. It's a guy who's gotten head coach interviews in the in the past, uh, in the very recent past. I mean, in what he's done with you he'd know, be the another first time head coach, though, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's and, another thing. And that's the thing is, for me personally, I don't want any more first time head coaches. I mean, the, the Chargers have had three first time head coaches back to back to back, pretty much, with uh, you know Brandon Staley and Anthony Lynn and you know Mike McCoy. These are all guys that have never been head coaches before. I'm kind of tired of that honestly i want somebody who has some experience who's been a head coach before who's been there done that more of a ceo type a guy that's going to be in control over the entire organization not just one kind of side of the ball uh, have your vision for both sides of the i mean brandon silly when he came in said all the right things i mean everyone was transfixed to all of his press conferences it was very insightful you know it was fresh it was new it was great but it never turned into tangible results so for me personally, I want somebody who's been there, done that, and has a record and resume of success. Yeah, and it's crossover Thursday tomorrow. I'm excited to talk with Mike Debate about potentially, you know, next Chargers head coach Bill Belichick. So make sure Hello. you guys are here for that. But I, I think that leads nicely to Mac Diesel, who I want to get to quickly, who's asking, although Staley's play calling has been terrible this season and Justin Herbert has been far from perfect, is it possible that Kellen Moore is truly the problem? I mean, the two-minute drills have been terrible. We had better two-minute drills with Joe Lombardi. And that's saying something. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the offensive numbers, it's pretty easy to see where the Chargers have done well. I mean, they're eighth in points per game, 11 in yard, 11th in yards per game, um, uh, yards per play, they're 11th. I mean, pretty much all of the passing numbers, they're fantastic. I mean, they're in the top 10 of pretty much all of those. Red zone scoring percentage, they're fourth in the league. So very, very good in the red zone. But awful uh, in the running game they're you know towards the the back end of the league there yeah. and you know the protection breakdowns have been real the offensive line has regressed it has played worse this year and especially in the critical moments there's been way too much pressure in justin herbert's face that has really ended their chances in multiple games causing them to be one in seven in those one score games and one score opportunities so I mean, I, I think he definitely has some part of the blame here, uh, but I'm definitely not going to say that Kellen Moore is the problem here. I, I, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I, I don't think he's, you know, anywhere close to the biggest problem, but I definitely understand, you know, not coming up in clutch situations. It's been a theme all season long, whether it's against the Dolphins, the Titans in overtime, the Cowboys, yep. the Packers, the Ravens, all those games came down to the same thing. All of those games, Justin Herbert has sacked in a key situation. Yeah. Maybe we should be putting more heat on Brendan Nugent. The yeah. offensive line coach who seems to be skating through all of this. I mean, the progression of these young players is not where it needs to be at, at mm -hmm. all. And the just evolution of what this line's looked like without Corey Lindsley has been a total disaster, right? Oh, it's been horrible. Frank Smith, we miss you. And now the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. But 
I do think, you know, hey, the it does go on Kellen Moore too, and it's something I followed him from Dallas as well as far as these late-game situations not being able to have the right protection set up. And some of it goes on Justin Herbert as well. But he also doesn't have one of the worst defenses in the league. Or I yeah. should say, doesn't have one of the worst offenses in the league as like Brandon Staley has with his defense. So I would say the other thing is too, They've been a pretty darn good offense, missing Corey Lindsley, Josh Palmer, and Mike Williams. They put up 38 against the Detroit Lions without all of those guys. So I think there's a lot of things he's done well. He had really two really, really good games against the Lions and the Packers before this last one against the Ravens, where you also had three fumbles. Yeah, right, right. Going up against the, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Against well. the, maybe the best defense in the league. So let's yeah. get quickly to Uncle Earl, who's basically asking with the Chargers only carrying two backs every game. Do you guys think they bring back Austin Eckler this year? Next year, even with his lack of usual productions. Quickly, David, is Austin Eckler back in 2024? Is there any chance he's back? No, not at all. The contract that he's looking for mixed with the, the kind of negative regression in his production equals Austin Eckler not being back with the Chargers in 2024. I think there's too much bad blood. Um, you know, I think too much has been said. Like Austin Eckler is a very, pub, very public person. Uh, he talks a lot of places, including this show twice, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> and, but I think that's hurt him a little bit. You know, people, especially the fan base, thinking he's dragging Justin Herbert. Not that the fans will have a choice in making that decision. The hard thing is, is Josh Kelly is also a free agent too. The only yeah. guy that you have under contract next year is the guy that is an inactive healthy scratch pretty much every week right now with Isaiah Spiller and you have no idea what you have in him obviously and from practice they don't think he gives them the best chance to win and this current regime is trying to do whatever they can to win this season they're not as inclined to see what the young guys can do right like they're not inclined to play young players who might be worse and have to work their way into it they're trying to win games now they don't think Isaiah Spiller can do that I don't think it's a 0% chance that Eckler comes back because like he's been so much worse now the contract has become so much more affordable at the same time, I, I don't know how you could. Like, the bad blood, the regression, just him having his worst season, and that's partially on the mm-hmm. offensive line, too. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening at all. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are back here for Crossover Thursday tomorrow. Locked on Chargers. Locked on Patriots. Can the Chargers go win against the Evil Empire in the Evil Empire's home field, right? That's going to be the question. Will Bill Belichick potentially be the Chargers head coach? How likely is he even to get fired from the Patriots as one of the GOAT coaches of all time? Should he be developing young quarterbacks? All things we could get to tomorrow on the crossover episode. Make sure you, that you subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from so you guys don't miss that. And you can also find the show every day on our social media at Lockdown LAC on Twitter, at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who called in today to the voicemail line. Donnie, I believe you're a Chargers fan. I'm sorry we can't get your voicemail on here today. A lot, we, a lot of good questions. A lot of stuff got left on the cutting room floor tonight. But make sure you guys call on to 323-524-7924. Get a 30-second question in there. Make sure it's a question you're likely to get on the show if you keep it short enough. So thank you guys, as always, for checking out today's show and continuing to be with us, your team, every day for the rest of the season, even when things are tough. But make sure you're here for Crossover Thursday tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.